Hello everyone and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 54 of the Sports Run-On Podcast. We're going to start out this podcast with a review of the entire NBA Finals Series with Game 6 coming up tomorrow on Tuesday. In this series, the the Milwaukee Bucks leading the Phoenix Suns 3-2 after falling down 2-0 to start out this series. This is crazy for the Bucks to be able to come back because they, it, is, it looked like for these first two games that, they were, that the Suns were really playing well, way better than the Bucks were as a team. So it looked like without a doubt that this really wasn't going to be that good of a series. And some people even thought the Suns were going to sleep. Now three games after people were thinking that the Suns were going to sleep after going up 2-0, it's, the, the Suns are now at the verge of losing this series after and on the verge of losing four straight games after being able to win the first two that were in Phoenix, which is just absolutely crazy to me because... I watched these. I watched all the games of this series, but these first two games specifically that they played were crazy because it, this this it, this didn't even look like a comparable team because the Suns looked like they had so much depth and the Bucks just looked like they they had to put so much pressure on Giannis Antetokounmpo to be able to score points for him to be able to win games, which is why it seemed like especially series wise Giannis was going to have to start giving Giannis wasn't going to give enough for them to be able to really make this series a competitive series between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. This didn't end up being the case at all. This ended up actually... Well, this ended up being the case in some cases, but the, what I'm trying to say is Giannis still played incredibly well, but still, there are a lot of different people from the Bucks that actually really stepped up in this game, such as Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday were two of the big ones. They really stepped up to be able to really make this series like competitive again after it looked like that the, this was going to be the Suns running away with the NBA title which didn't surprise a lot of people after how well they played at the beginning throughout the, the playoffs up to this point. This didn't really surprise a lot of people. It did kind of surprise me that they took the lead like they did, but now it does make sense to me that the Bucks are trying to come back because I watched I've watched these Bucks all the way throughout the playoffs, and I think that they really are more of a team than just Giannis. I think that they can do a lot of damage still, as we've seen these last three wins, these two wins that have come game three and four. These two wins that have come at home for at Milwaukee they've come at home Milwaukee in this game five that they were just able to win so most recent game they were able to win in Phoenix which is crazy to be able to get no matter what as I've said in these other podcasts if you listen to them a road win is a road win no matter how you get it like a road win in the NBA playoffs or in any playoffs as a best of seven series is just absolutely huge because most teams are usually more confident playing at home so to be able to get a game where you you don't have your crowd behind you, you don't have your like you don't have the crowd to lift you up, or the fans or the, the fans coming out to see you play these games. It's really a big deal to be able to steal one of these games, especially for the Bucks, so that they would because no matter what, as I said in my last podcast, the Bucks are going to had to, had to win a game in Phoenix. So and now I was saying that to win this series, they would either have to win. Game 5, which would be optimal, so they wouldn't be forced to have to win Game 6 or have to win Game 6 at home and then go and win the deciding Game 7 in Phoenix to be able to decide who the champion, who the NBA champion for this season was going to be. That didn't end up happening. I mean, they ended up doing taking it the easy way that I mentioned, which was they ended up getting the win in Game 5 against the Suns to be able to take the 3-2 lead, as I mentioned earlier. The results from this, as a little breakdown from this, from this series so far. The results from their first five games that have been played throughout this series up to this point are game one was playing Phoenix and the Suns were able to take that one 118-105. 
Game two is also take it, played in Phoenix, where the Suns were able to take that 118-108. So these were both games. They were playing Phoenix. People expected Phoenix to win. They were the higher seed coming in. A lot of people expected Phoenix to go up 2-0. And at this point, many people, many analysts and many fans were thinking that this was going to be either a four or five game series because maybe the Bucks would be able to win one, but maybe not. So a lot of people did not expect this to be thinking that we would still, a lot of people didn't expect we'd be playing basketball at this point because the series would already be over in four or five games. This ended up obviously not being the case. We're playing, we're going to be playing game six tomorrow in Milwaukee. So, but after that game too, a, a lot, a lot changes I talked about before. And I think one of the big things that changed was the Bucks' defensive present. They really showed up as a more defensive, a well-rounded team and a more defensively-minded team, which is what they had to against this scoring attack, which is the Phoenix Suns made up of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, which are three, and Mikel Bridges and many others that are coming off the bench for, Mikel Bridges the starter, and then many others that are coming off the bench for the Suns in this series. So... I really think the Bucks with us, they really had to go deep. They really had to emphasize defense, and they did in Game Three, winning Game Three, one twenty to one hundred, with them finally keeping them out of the mid one hundreds to be able to to be able to, for them to be able to not have to score as many points to win the game. This also came to happen in Game Four, with them winning the game, which was the second game in in Milwaukee after they, which was a huge to be able to tie this series back up, going back into Phoenix, which I said Game 4 was an absolutely huge game. I said this in my preview for that game. I also said that in my in my post review for that game that this was an absolutely huge game for the Milwaukee Bucks. Winning this one one hundred nine one hundred three was huge. They still helped keep them out of the mid 100s, well, out of the 105 to 110 range, which had been, which they had lost the first two games because of up to this point. So keeping them out of that was absolutely crucial for the Milwaukee Bucks. They they ended up being able to do that, and they ended up being able to win those next two games, winning Game Three and Game Four by 120 to 100, and then for Game Three, and then Game Four winning 109 to 103. So that brings us to Game Five, which is a very crucial game with like. And if you didn't know, in series that are tied to two, the team that wins game five has like a 70 or 80% chance to win that best out of seven series. So it's a very high percentage, which is why I said in my other podcast that it was just absolutely crucial for one of these teams to really come out and show what they could do to be able to get take this game five, to really be able to take that leg up in this series going forward. The Bucks ended up being able to do that. They, no, they did not. They didn't come out as defensively minded. They came out more offensive minded than we've seen them in a lot of the other games, scoring their most points in the of any team in this entire playoff series so far. Both teams scored their most points. Now I'm looking at this because the Suns were the Bucks won this game 123-119 in Phoenix. So it was an absolute shootout in Phoenix for the for the Milwaukee Bucks to get the dub and go up 3-2. And be able to feel confident going back home knowing that they're playing on their home court. And even if they lose that game that they're playing on their home court, it won't matter because that's not the end of their season. Like there's no pressure. There's no pressure that, oh, this is the end of my season if we don't win tonight for game five, for game six, I mean, which is going to be coming up tomorrow. So there's no there's no pressure of them of this being like a winner go home. They can more really settle in to be able to. I mean, obviously the hope is that you win the game at game six at home, so you don't have to go for game seven on the road. Because if you didn't know, the Phoenix is the top seed coming into this, so they would get game seven. If if Phoenix is able to cause a game seven playing at home, playing on the road in Milwaukee, 
It would then go back to Phoenix, which is obviously what the Suns at this point are looking to be able to do is try to force that Game 7 to be able to then feel more confident because they'll be playing on their home court for this Game 7 for the cider of the NBA playoffs. I think this is going to happen. I think the Suns will bounce back even losing three in a row. I think we will see a Game 7 in Phoenix, and I'm very, I'd am i be very excited about that. But I, think, I do think that this Game 6, as these other games you've seen in these last couple games, in Game Four and Game Five, these are these are only a couple of possession games that are the difference between these two teams. So, with the Bucks playing the really well like they are, these teams are looking a lot more even than, as I said, they looked in the first two games, being be, looking at the Suns being the better team in the third game, where the Bucks were able to win by the biggest margin of victory, twenty. They, they, they look like the better team in that game. And so they both have games where they've looked better, but I do think that this is going to even back out because these teams now look so evenly matched. I think that without a doubt, the Phoenix Suns are going to be able to pull out a win. I think they're going to be able to pull out a win on the road. I truly do. I think they're good enough to be able to pull out a win on the road to be able to force a game seven. Now looking, now moving on to the Open, which was played in Ken England over the weekend. We had... We had um, Cole Morikawa, who's a very young kid, only 24 years of age, and is already making history winning all of these majors. He was able to add another major to his resume, winning the Open at 15 under, making $2,070,000 off this winning just in the in the purse winnings or the amounts that the winner would make off this tournament, depending on who ties for what spots and depending on how the money is dished out. With that said, we had many, we had many big names finish in the top Eight to like ten to fifteen that in in this tournament that most people golf fans will know of very well. Those some of those would be Morikawa finished first. You had Jordan Spieth finishing by himself in second at thirteen under. John Rom Ty Lewis Utsen who was um he was playing very well but he ended up actually shooting one over and dropping a stroke for him to then go down to eleven under after starting the day at twelve under, which was without a doubt tough for him because he has been known. In the past, he get very close to winning these majors and these big tournaments, but has not really been able to close. And it, it looked like as close as he he looked to be able to win this game or win this tournament, this four-day tournament, he was not able to do that because of the fact that he ended up shooting what he wasn't able to shoot any any under par for this final day to be able to hold the win. Uh, tied for six is Brooke Opeka. He's another known golfer who ended up finishing top in this tournament at eight under. We also had Dustin Johnson, who is a former Masters winner, tied for eighth shooting seven under. Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland. Scheffler tied for eighth shooting seven under. And Victor Hovland shooting tied for 12th shooting six under. And then a couple others are Paul Casey, who is five under. He's also won a couple majors. And Sergio Garcia, who's been winning tournaments for a very long time now, was has also in the running. He, he ended up being tied for 19th. So it looked like his game could have been closer, but he ended up not playing the best on, on his third day. Which is why he wasn't in, you know. He still he still would make six figures, making a hundred nine thousand dollars over this tied for nineteenth at four under finish in the Open. So I just think it's just it's crazy to see Morikawa still making like he's just so good at such a young age. You know that's what a lot of people are saying. It's crazy to see him playing so well at a young age, and I think it's just like it just shows there's a lot of promise for people coming up as. He and many others are very young golfers, and it's looking like we're starting to finally see this transition from the era of Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson into this new era of PGA Tour golfers, the golfers that are going to be looking like, that are going to be winning these these Open Championships and these majors such as the Masters, the U.S. Open, and many others. 
So I do think it's interesting because we're really starting to see this new generation of golfers kind of make their way into the crop af- or make, make their way into the winner circle after for a while all we saw was a couple names. But with those names such as – with those play- golfers such as Woods and Mickelson getting older, it's starting to look like you can see more Kawao and more Kawa and the younger golfers really making their way into being some of the top players in the world as these other golfers start to fade out of these top positions. With that said, this wraps up Season 2, Episode 54 of the Sports Run On Podcast.